Canadian gun laws, just how bad are they? Let's find out. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of TheMartialist.net and PhilElmore.com. Uh, I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. With us today is Donald Helka. Am I pronouncing that right, Donald? Yes, you are. Uh, and Donald is here to speak with us about Canadian gun laws, which, as you may have noticed, have gotten worse. As Canada goes, so goes the rest of North America, which is why this issue is of concern. If you're tempted to say, I don't care what goes on in America's hat, you'd be wrong. And Donald is going to explain to us why. Uh, Donald, your uh, expertise in gun law comes from where? Well, uh, first and foremost, I have actually done the Canadian firearms licensing, so I have all the information with me for that. I'm a hunter. I have run for office. I specifically for Canadian gun laws, by the way. So I know them inside and out. And I have also studied martial arts, so I am trained in things like self-defense. And uh, what uh, what brought you to run for office? When did you run and what did you run for? I ran for 2019 and I ran for the federal uh, election. Um, Canada's a little different than the United States in that we have a member of provincial parliament, so your MPP, and some people are going to giggle at that, so I'll give them a second. And then you have your MPP. Well, that, that would be like a state representative here, right? Uh, and then you have your federal, which is MP, which is member of parliament. And you ran and for provincial? Uh, no, I ran for federal. I oh, ran so you were, you were quite young then. You were in your late 20s when you ran for uh, yes. MP. I think I was 26 at the time. My entire team was, was under 30. Was that considered unusual? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, I had... 36 hours to fill out elections paperwork to do that. Which wow. was, um, yeah. What interests me is there was a lot of talk after the most recent midterm elections here in the United States that Generation Z, sort of the youngest generation that would be voting about now, almost exclusively voted Democrat. The, the youngest generation that is of voting age here in the United States, they're I'll be honest, there are a bunch of weaklings who vote for greater tyranny. Um, I, I blame ourselves. Like, they are weak because we made them that way. Um, those of us who are old enough to have had a hand in raising them collectively. Uh, so it's interesting to me that you, as a relatively younger person, um, you know, the, the youth are often seen as, um, what's the old saying, uh, if you if you aren't a progressive before you turn 30, you don't have a heart. And if you are still a progressive after you turn 30, you don't have a brain is how yeah. it normally goes. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to me that you as a young person, relatively young person, especially for an MP position, ran, I'm assuming, on a platform of uh, individual rights. Yes. Um, so funny enough, and the party name's a little different because... Uh, Canada is bilingual, so the leader of my party is Maxime Bernier, and he was, he started the PPC, which is the Parti de Populaire de Canada, 
which is the populist party of Canada, but for some reason, um, he called it the People's Party of Canada in English, which sounds super commie, but it's not, which was weird. So how bad was it in 2019 when you ran, and I'm assuming you ran on a, on a platform of fighting, uncon well, I say unconstitutional, it's kind of ingrained, it's habit here, you have a different system there, but I'm assuming you ran on a platform of fighting further gun restrictions in Canada. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, so, so I ran on that, but everyone was obsessed with Greta Thunberg and environmentalism and uh, save the whales, save those snails, as George Carlin put it. Mm. Yes, a, a potato with fetal alcohol syndrome lectured the entire world and told us we were very, very bad for using energy. I, my philosophy on that is I refuse to be lectured by anyone who's never held a job, but that's <laughs> just me. Um, so... So what happened when you ran? Did you did you do well? I, I'm assuming you didn't win or you'd be in Parliament today. Well, I had two weeks to run a political campaign against entrenched political opponents. So I did about as well as I could do. Why um, was the timeline so short? Uh, well, a lot of that comes down to politics. So they had someone who was going to run and then backed out and I picked up the mantle and was told, hey, you got a two and a half days to fill out elections paperwork. Here you go. And I did it. Wow. Well, I commend you for stepping up uh, and I'm assuming you did not win given that the odds were kind of stacked against you. No, I. Um, I act so. I lost to a woman whose son I went to high school with. Her name is Karen Vecchio. Um, she's a very nice lady. But she looks like the name Karen. Mm. Um, um, are, is your, your province, which province did you run in? So I'm in Ontario. Okay, so you're not in... One of the running jokes about some of the northern provinces of Canada is there's about 20 people living there and they all know each other, but this isn't that sort of situation. So for those that don't know, uh, Canada actually has the same population as California. Yeah, it's spread out across a much larger landmass. Yeah, so the town I live in is about the exact same um, population as the, the territory of none of it. So how bad was it in 2019 in terms of restrictions on firearms then? What were the, what were the restrictions back then? Uh, the restrictions back then were not too bad. Um, and I say that, yeah, um, I, I'd say they're probably not as bad as New York or California. So, so one of the things that Canada has going for it is that your laws tend to be consistent from province to province, whereas the laws here in the United States vary so widely from state to state. Uh, you know, just trying to publish what the knife laws are here in the United States is incredibly complex, whereas you do have restrictions on certain knives. I know that one of your PMs decided that punch knives, push daggers were bad, so those are illegal now. Uh, but that's countrywide. Like, at least everyone knows what the rules are, which is a system that I kind of admire. I wouldn't want that same restriction, but at the same time, nobody 
knows what's legal legal here. And sometimes within the state, the laws are so vaguely written that you don't really know what the laws are. We don't have that disadvantage with the gun laws are generally explicit. I mean, you know if you can buy a gun or you can't buy a gun. Uh, and those widely vary from, from state to state. But uh, there was an incident, and this was one of the factors in your earlier gun control restrictions. There was a fellow with a Beretta Storm who shot up a college. That was in Ontario, wasn't it? Uh, I think that might have been Quebec. No, Okay, that was so Quebec. sort of a Ontario adjacent. Uh, no, okay, I'm actually getting those two confused, because there's one that I think happened in 94, which would yeah, have been... it was a while back. What's up? It was a while back, the one I'm remembering. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I think there was one in Quebec, and then there was one in Ontario. The most recent one was in Nova Scotia. And okay. oh. the one in Nova Scotia got a little weird, because it turns out that he was a confidential informant for the RCMP. Mm. which is our version of the FBI. Yeah, well, I mean, all that means is he was a he was the sort of person who's not just a criminal but is also willing to tell the cops what he knows. We right. we have the same thing here and, you know, just because someone is a confidential informant that doesn't it really means nothing compared to the rest of their behavior. Right, but it got a little more creepy in the fact that he had police uniforms and uh mm. an actual cop car with all the lights and everything in it and that's a little bizarre. We, um, we've had a number of high-profile shootings here that, for whatever weird reason, nobody bothered to investigate further. Like the Las Vegas shooting, where that guy opened fire on a country music crowd using what may have been bump fire stocks in order to make his weapons simulate full automatic fire. But we got so many conflicting reports at the time, and then the media just collectively decided... We're not interested in further investigating. We've never gotten anything resembling a motive for this guy. No one really knows why a guy with no criminal record just one day woke up and decided to shoot up, you know, on a crowd of people. Or you <coughs> we don't know. Text. We don't know the answer. You know, that 17-year-old somehow acquired, like, $8,000 worth of firearms. Yeah, the, the Uvalde shooting, where, where you've got a kid who was supposedly from a poor family, and he's got an immense amount of money in these firearms. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I am not a believer in the false flag conspiracy theories. I don't believe... I'm just think, asking questions. Right. I, I think conspiracies like that would be so hard to manage because people simply cannot keep secrets the way they would have to for these to be conspiratorial. However... Yeah. There is a gap between what happened and what we know about what happened. And when these stories don't line up, that means that there is a reason that the authorities don't want us to know about things that would make everything make sense. And so they're covering up something. It isn't necessarily conspiracy, but there's definitely a reason we don't know more about things like you know, how did the Uvalde shooter get his weapons and, and how did he pay for them? What was the motive behind the Las Vegas shooting? Things like that. And unfortunately, the the most dangerous place to be in after any mass shooting is between a television camera and any progressive politician in either of our countries. Because they will gladly trample the bodies of the dead in order to get to the camera to say, a terrible person has done a terrible thing. We must punish everyone who did not do it. Um, and that, of course, is the activating spirit of gun control. What uh, what was it specifically that prompted this this freeze that happened in Canada recently? 
Uh, well, the arch traitor Justin Trudeau uh, felt like he could just use power that he didn't have. And right now, all the order and counsel that he did is actually going to court. So that's actually being fought in court because these AR-15s that got banned, they didn't actually get banned. It was that Justin Trudeau said, I'm banning them. Not, not through any law. He just banned them. But wasn't that the same mechanism by which push daggers were made illegal in Canada before? No, that was done through... So in order to make something like that illegal, it has to go to um, like the House, the Senate, all that, all that stuff, and it has to be passed as a law. And it is in our... We have a criminal code in our country, which just sounds awful. Um, but essentially, he went ordering counsel, which is the same thing Joe Biden did, where he said, you know, I'm, I'm just choosing to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, the, the uh, equivalent of a presidential executive order. It's, it's like an executive order. It's not actually a law. It's an executive order, which Justin Trudeau, um, Prime Minister Zoolander, does not have the authority to do. Um, but I can actually give you a very quick rundown of Canadian gun laws. And Canadian gun laws start in the 1800s, and the earliest gun laws we have were against dueling pistols. Uh, dueling was lowering the population of the country of Canada back before... By a significant it, amount? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, this was like 17, 1800s. Wow, that's, that's a lot of duels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was the same problem in... Uh, oh, what's that French? Louisiana. The same problem in Louisiana. But it was just a nationwide, no more dueling pistols. And, you know, uh, to this day. So I think it was 2017, they actually got rid of the law on dueling. And the reason they got rid of the law on dueling, it was an indictable offense to challenge or accept a duel in Canada. Does that mean you can now? So the reason it got kiboshed was because the police... Essentially, the way they would use it right through the 80s and 90s was, oh, you and Buddy in that bar said, hey, you want to take this outside? Uh, you guys are going at it and saying that's a duel, so uh, you're both going to jail for an indictable offense. Hmm. In 2015, sometime around there, um, what happened was a bunch of police officers decided, hey, we can just walk into this judo tournament and arrest everybody. And then they arrested, I believe it was a Canadian Olympic athlete for judo. And they so kind of had to they, go, yeah, get rid of that law now. So they interpreted a martial arts sports competition as mutual combat, which is therefore a duel, which is therefore illegal. And then they arrested a bunch of people. But what was the motivation for arresting those martial artists in the first place? Like, they, what, did they, what did they hope to accomplish? Uh, that was never said in anything I have read. It was more or less buried, and they removed the law to prevent embarrassment on, I believe it was the Montreal police. I think it was Montreal, where they... So, so uh, I'm assuming the martial artists who got arrested were released yeah. because the law was done away with? Yes. That's my it's, understanding of it, at least. The, I have never heard about that happening, and it's an astonishing overstepping of power, but it's also... 
sort of the logical conclusion when they get done banning knives and banning guns, then they naturally go after martial arts. And while we've yeah. not yet seen that here, it has happened in other countries. There's been some prosecution of martial arts schools in like Australia and places like that. I want to say his name was, I'm doing this from memory. I think his name was Glenn Zwires, but he was some sort of Australian martial arts combatives and knife guy and I want to say that his school got hassled by the law and maybe even got put out of business. He's nowhere on the radar now, as far as I know. I haven't I haven't looked recently, but at one time I was aware of his existence and then he was nowhere to be found. And I think it was because in Australia his schools got hassled for, you know, teaching murder techniques with knives and stuff. Um, and uh, Jerry Ahern, a, a very popular 1980s uh, science fiction and survival action writer, uh, who did many series based on survival and, and did a lot of future stuff, stuff that was set in the near future. He wrote a bunch of books. One of the series was called The Patriot, I believe. And it was set in a dystopian future, just just a little far away from us, not like, you know, in the flying cars future, but just a few years from now, where guns have all been banned and the government is persecuting people for owning guns. And one of the consistent features of his storylines was also they would prosecute the practice of martial arts, the teaching of martial arts, because if you're trying to make people helpless, stopping them from learning how to defend themselves is the logical next step. So it's almost like those, those Canadian police woke up one day and said, let's just go straight to the end and go straight for that. Just kind of out of nowhere, unless there was some factor where the, the people involved in that school or tournament had offended them in some way. Uh, I don't know what the extenuating circumstances of that one was. Um, yeah. I would actually have to pull up the article I was reading about it in order to actually know what it was. Um, but yes, aside from dueling pistols in the 18, 17, 1800s, in the, um, in the Bonnie and Clyde era, uh, people went, oh, hey, let's make machine guns illegal. Because, no thanks. And then... There was a mass shooting in the early 1990s to late 1980s, and they passed a whole lot of gun regulations. Which I is, almost think that was the shooting I was referencing before, where some kid with a Beretta Storm and, a, and maybe a pistol or two um, did something possibly on a college campus. I don't remember the details. Um. Uh, this one was, I believe, some kind of, um, what are those cults where, like, a guy gets, like, a bunch of women together and then goes crazy, like, um, like Waco, Texas kind of cults? Hmm. Okay, I, I hadn't I, heard of that, but. I'd have to pull it up. Uh, but essentially, that's where all our, like, 1990s onward came from. And yeah. then in, I want to say 2011, they removed the long gun registry. So every gun had to be registered with the government right up till 2011, at which point long guns were not registered anymore. So, so, so they did away with that. So that's a case of the gun laws getting better. Right. And that's where we were in 2019. And then 2020 is when the order in council came out. So I have my, um, this is the, student book for when you do your Canadian firearms license. And I will actually go through it. So there are three firearms licenses you can have in Canada. You can have a unrestricted, a restricted, and prohibited. 
And it says right in there, note, the word prohibited does not mean prohibited. It means you need a prohibited weapons license. Um, and we can get into what that means. And that is that. So the, so, the, the holders of the prohibited license have the really cool stuff? Uh, everything. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, sorry. yeah. Um, when they say prohibited means you need a prohibited firearms license, what that means is you mentioned push daggers, right? Yeah. So a push dagger is a prohibited item. Oh, you can you can still own a like um, a push dagger in Canada, but if you're out on the street with it, you are in possession of a prohibited weapon, and you will go to jail for six years wow. because that's a prohibited weapon, right? So I carry um I carry a pocket knife since I was fourteen. I've never like it's a simple jack knife my dad gave me. I've never had any hassle about that. Simple pocket knife. Not a prohibited weapon, right? A prohibited firearm is your highest category, sawed-off shotguns, machine guns, um, etc., etc. So your lowest one, easiest one to get, I have this, is your non-restricted firearm. This is any rifle or shotgun, uh, usually used for hunting or sporting purposes, and the restrictions on it is that it is a rifle or shotgun that is 26 inches in length as a minimum in an 18-inch barrel. So let's see here, 20, 26 inches, that is the minimum length, and then an 18-inch barrel. So if I can squeeze an 18-inch barrel into that 26-inch envelope, I'm good. Yes. Yeah. So if right, you well, have that, that covers a lot of ground. So without the non-restricted license, I can't own any firearm. With the non-restricted license, I can own uh, with the with the non-restricted license, I can own any of the firearms classified as non-restricted. That's right. how it works. Do you we still have, have to register long guns? No, you do not. Uh, there is one caveat in that you can own an antique firearm that is more than 100 years old, which okay. they made some changes to in you know, 2011, courtesy of the 1911. Um, but yeah, so like I have a double barrel shotgun from the 1700s that counts as an antique. I wouldn't shoot modern ammo out of it. Um, so say you take like an 870 and you decides you want to be an idiot and chop the stock off as long as it's 28 inches and uh, 26 inches in length and has an 18 inch barrel perfectly legal in Canada. Cool. So most recently yep. Trudeau implemented a freeze on handgun buying and transferring. Yes. Is that correct? So, uh, handguns are under the next classification which is a restricted firearm. So a restricted firearm, a handgun, which is not prohibited. A firearm that is not a prohibited firearm has a barrel length less than 18 and a half inches in length and discharges semi-auto uh, center fire ammunition in a semi-automatic manner. So if you have an 18-inch um, AR-15 and it's not 18 and a half inches, they go, oh, that's restricted. And then they then they realized that they made a whoopsie because uh, we're going to get into some more stuff here. A firearm that is designed or adapted to be fired 
when reduced to a length less than 26 inches by folding or telescoping. A firearm of any kind that is prescribed by regulation to be restricted firearm. Um, so we also get into magazine capacity at this point because um, a restricted firearm has a different magazine capacity than an unrestricted. So the way that works is say you have a rifle. If that rifle is bolt action, pump action, lever action, brake action, no magazine restrictions. If it's semi-auto, it's pinned at five. Now, it is pinned at five for the ammunition it is designed to shoot. If it's restricted, it's pinned at 10 for the ammunition it's designed to shoot. And the reason they did that is because if you have a Glock and you have a 9mm Glock and you have another 10mm Glock, well, you can, you can exchange, uh, I think it's 40 Smith & Wesson, uh, short and wimpy, 40 uh, Smith & Wesson. So, so you have a 10-round um, magazine for 40 Smith & Wesson. You can load 11 9mm into that. And when they were creating the law, they said, listen, um, we don't want constructive possession to happen to people. And just because right, so you've got a magazine that I could shove rounds in beyond the limit, yeah. even though they're not meant for that, that would be a right. way to get people in trouble when there was no intent to break any kind of law. Exactly. So they said, you know what, uh, for the ammunition, it is designed to shoot. So if you have a Glock, it accepts Glock mags but you bought the 40 Smith & Wesson magazine and you solely load 9 mil into that magazine, so you can get 11 instead of 10. That is perfectly legal. So um, just to simplify this for our viewers, yeah. if I own an AR-15, is it legal yeah. to own an AR-15 in Canada? Right now, not really. Um, okay, so they've been kind of pushed into a gray area because of these restrictions? Yes. So, like, right now, you could go out and you could get an AR-15 that isn't called an AR-15, and you would get a really big frowny face from the government. Mm hmm Well, what about uh, handguns? Uh, before this freeze, yep. I could own a handgun and I could have, what, 10 rounds in it? That is correct, yes. Okay. But now... For the it's designed to shoot, yes. Right, right. Just trying to keep it simple because a lot of people are going to get lost in the weeds of all the idiosyncrasies yeah. of the law. I mean, honestly, your laws Canada-wide kind of sound like what we were dealing with in New York a few years back. Um, you know, in the there are shall-issue states and may-issue states. New York is a may-issue state, meaning, yeah, we may issue you a permit if we feel like it. But, you know, the, the restrictions were pretty bad, but mostly we could live with them until the most recent round of... of of stuff that we did in the state to, to make just about everything illegal. Um, yeah. But, okay, so when was it that the freeze was enacted? It was a few months ago? Just about, yeah. Um, so that went through law, I believe, because we have a bunch of traders up in Ottawa that decided they wanted to make that illegal. Um, so all handguns are registered. If, uh, and this is actually where I really like Canadian gun laws. So I have a firearms license. I can go to a gun show, go, hey, I got a firearms license, and I can buy that gun. I can go to Walmart or a hardware store, and I can buy a gun and walk out with it 
right then and there because I've already been vetted. I have a right. license for it. Yeah. I know you guys have a five-day waiting period. I like that aspect of it. However, when it comes to handguns, uh, you used to be able to go out, buy a handgun, call up the RCMP and go, hey, I'm buying this guy's handgun. Here's the serial numbers, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you could have it in your house, in a safe, and do nothing with it. And then take it out to the gun range and bring it home. That's all. Can anyone care or before this, could anyone carry a handgun legally in Canada? The only way you can legally carry a handgun is you can get a permit for preservation of life. And the easiest way to get this is to go up north and get your trapping license so that you can carry a handgun to, you know, protect yourself while you're in the wilderness, right? right but you right. cannot carry a handgun for self-defense in Canada. Uh, there's well, nothing I'm... that says, you, like, you can get a permit to do so, and I, I'm pretty sure there's like three of those out there in the whole country, but yeah, yeah not going to happen, right? Well, of course, Trudeau explicitly said when he was talking about enacting this, this ban that uh, you don't have the right to defend yourself with a firearm. Canada has essentially declared that there is no right to self-defense because if there's no right to self-defense with a handgun, there's no right to self-defense, period. Um, right. So well, see, this is actually something where I think you Americans really need to hammer home this point, right? I don't have a second amendment, right? You guys do. When some American politician says that, oh, dude, if I was an American and I had a, like a second amendment, I'd be like, uh, that's called treason there, bud. And you're a traitor, and you need to hang. When uh, when Nancy Pelosi in, um, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, or was it the high-waisted villain Jerry Nadler? Uh, one of those two, during COVID, they badgered the sergeant-at-arms about people wearing masks. If I was a representative in America, and someone passed the gun law, hey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm speaking to you, I'd be like, excuse me, Sergeant-at-Arms, that is treason. You're not going to do anything? Excuse me, Sergeant-at-Arms, how, uh, how do you define dereliction of duty? Well, it's amazing how very seldom laws and rules apply to folks on the left side of the aisle in our country. As I, as I like to say, uh, laws are for little people and Republicans. They only very rarely apply to Democrats and then only through amazing exception uh, right. so trudeau has basically said that it's illegal for anyone to purchase a handgun or to sell a handgun right i mean basically if you've got a handgun you're kind of stuck with it for the moment is that how that works uh you're stuck with it until the police come up they knock on your door and they say hey uh you know that uh you know, however many thousand dollar firearm that you bought yeah give it to us and you're are they in the process of doing confiscation now, or is it kind of on a, on a holding pattern? Um, it's one of those ones, Phil, where it's funny because they want to, but they're so corrupt they haven't gotten there yet because of the corruption feedback loop where the Canadian government has already spent, I think it's like millions or billions of dollars on the buyback program and they haven't bought back a single gun yet yeah is there any chance that this 
you, you indicated there was some sort of legal review going on. Any yeah. chance that this gets rebuked in through legal means? Yes, uh, there's actually a very good chance. So in the order in council, uh, tr uh, Trudeau banned many guns. And one of the other things he did was he put in a clause that if you challenge the order in council in court, you have to give up your guns. So you can't challenge it in court without having to give up your guns and have no standing in court. That's uh, perfectly absurd. Right. And a judge said that exact same thing. And the court proceedings are actually going ahead pretty well. So I'm very hopeful for that. Um, he banned a lot more than just um, AR-15s um, because in my country, and you're going to find this hilarious, you can pick up an M14. Well, you used to be able to pick up an M14 for 500 bucks. Really? Yeah. China. <laughs> uh, explain yeah. what you mean. Uh, so Norinco is a Chinese company that makes... Oh, and, and Norinco makes an M14? Yeah, they make an M14, and there are laws banning the importation of firearms from countries that you guys don't like, China, Russia, etc., yeah. etc. Et Which is a shame, so, because among the exports from countries like China and Russia, the thing I always admired most was their firearms. <laughs> right. That's the only thing communist countries seem to be able to do properly is make things that kill people. Weird how that works. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, Don, it, it sounds like things are not good. Uh, what is the timeline for when you might get some sort of legal relief? Does anyone know? Um, we don't. I'm thinking it'll be within next year, if any. Um, there is some hope that something will be done to uh, alleviate the order in council. Um, we have a new conservative leader who might actually be a conservative this time. Um, our conservatives are not conservatives. They're more like, give me an example. If you took, uh, what's, what's the woman from um, Hawaii? She's on I, the know who I know who you're referring to, and I can't think of her name. Uh, she's always on Joe Rogan podcast. Um, seems all right. She would be a conservative in Canada. Really? Yeah. Like, she would be full conservative. Are you talking about Tulsi Gabbard? Yes, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, oh, I guess I didn't realize she was from Hawaii. Um, she, yeah, she's Tulsi Gabbard is is not by conservative standards. She's no friend to the Constitution, but in right. terms of Democrats, she stands out because she's sane. On you know, she's like a Democrat from twenty years ago when some of them were still grounded in reality. Um, but like, it is are like your Democrat Party. Our liberals are just gone. Yeah. How long They're, are you stuck with Trudeau? Um, we do not have any limits on how long he can be in office for. And I, I don't Are there regularly scheduled elections for PM or does that just whenever someone calls an election? I know the parliamentary system allows for that. Do you have, yep. does he have at least an official election coming up at some point? 
we have an election every four years, um, but there was an election. He called an election early in, I want to say, 2020, the end of 2020. Yeah, and I remember, I remember hoping he'd lose that, and he didn't, and it was very disappointing. Well, see, we have legalized election fraud in our country, uh, and I mean different than what you guys have. So as an example, um, the two main cities in Canada are Toronto and Vancouver. Toronto being like New York, Vancouver being like LA. And Toronto, Canada and the United States are both representative democracies. Toronto gets 50 members of parliament. Alberta gets 46. The province of Alberta gets 46 members of parliament. Right, so so you have the same population problem that we have in, say, New York, where the population right. density of New York City pushes around the rest of the state no matter what. Oh, yeah, so, but it's countrywide, not statewide. Yeah. Right, because at least at the country level, we have the Electoral College to hopefully mitigate that somewhat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, but it makes it worse. So oh. there's that. Well, as as those of us who are invested in self-defense and who understand that the single best mechanism for self-defense is a firearm, I mean, there's there's plenty of other valid weapons for self-defense, but the gap between the first choice and the second choice is pretty large. It is horrifying to me to see self-defense become illegal in Canada, just as it is in the UK. And I have friends and readers and viewers in the UK who get angry when I say that, that, that self-defense is illegal there. But clearly it is, just as it has become or is becoming in Canada. And it is Ready, gravely least, disappointing. What's that? Canada. I, I think it was all, always illegal in Canada, if I'm being honest. Like, I well, don't know if you allowed to actually defend yourself, just no one said it. Right. Yeah. If we everyone used to agree to look the other way. Um, right. So exactly. it's it's yeah. disturbing to see these trends. It's disturbing to see them at the at the national level. It's disturbing to see our our best neighbor, Canada, uh, a neighbor of which I've all long been fond, even though you you insist on bringing us your quarters, which don't work in our vending machines. But <laughs> you know, as as someone who used to be a frequent visitor to Canada before the pandemic and all the border restrictions. Um, it makes me sad to see this happening in your country, and I know that it's only a matter of time before that trend finds its way to the United States. We're already seeing, you know, the the forces that hate your civil rights, whether you're in Canada or you're in the United States, they oh. never rest, and they are never satisfied. And those of us who become martial artists or students of self-defense or people who are just interested in keeping our families safe that involves recognizing reality. It involves acknowledging the realities of the world in a way that progressives cannot. They live in a fantasy world where their wishful thinking is substituted for reality, and as a result, their decisions are self-destructive and and self-endangering, and that's you know what we're seeing. Phil, what's that? You know why they're called progressives, right? Why is that? Because they're progressive in nature, much like how uh, cancer and forest fire progressively consumes everything it comes into contact with. You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, Don, I think we've, we've pretty much reached our time limit for this episode. I want to thank you right. for joining us and sharing your expertise with us. It's fascinating to me. The, the, the thing about the, for instance, the martial artists getting arrested, I had no idea that that ever happened. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. 
very welcome. Uh, it was good to talk with you and uh, good to let you guys know what's going up, going on up north. And uh, hopefully you can make uh, take more of our lackluster musicians like Justin Bieber and Celine Dion. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to complain. You've given us so many other great people like uh, William Shatner, for example. So I can't so complain too much. Or um, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, well, mixed bag. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Don has been the aforementioned Don Helka. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.